everyone, and welcome to the Fan Fight Podcast. I am Danielle Riendo, the EIC up in this joint, and I am joined by FanBytes wrestling section head expert, LB Hunk Tears, to discuss all the things that are punchy, kicky, and wrestling. LB, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Good. Yeah. Good. good. How are you doing? Glad to hear it. I'm all right. I, uh, God, I have been doing, I've been doing a lot of grappling lately. I've been doing a lot of working out. I've been doing sometimes two or three workouts a day. And, uh, yeah, that's been pretty, that's been pretty good. That's how I'm kind of getting through the quarantine. It's just, just a lot of, uh, grapple fuckery. That's grapple fuckery. That's what I tried to say. Yeah. Grapple Uh, fuckery. Absolutely. (laughs) That's a valid, that's a term. Good. I'm glad that it is. And there were some really good grapple fuckery in the awesome wrestling match uh, that you that you gave me to watch here. Do you want to set it up? Do you want to tell me about this excellent John Moxley versus Toru Yanu match here? So, okay. So we did intergender last week. Yes. And I was thinking, like, let's just do all the things that they don't do in MMA. <laughs> sure. So... And I, I, like, I, this was actually a match I was thinking about showing you super early on. I was like, no, you need to actually like be more familiar with rest, pro wrestling, like what a wrestling match looks like yes. to fully appreci- appreciate a comedy match, I feel like. Yeah. So yeah. I waited patiently and patiently. And I was like, I think she, I think it's time. I think it's time. Um, we watched the John Moxley Toru Yano uh, match from last year's G1 Climax in New Japan. If you, you are unfamiliar or if you don't remember, here's kind of what the deal was with that. Okay. okay. John Moxley, formerly Dean Ambrose, left the WWE in 2019, was had been miserable there as Dean Ambrose, the, the a member of the Shield, uh he was there for a really long time. His matches had gotten extremely lackluster. He was working this insane schedule. If you look at his uh his record of like how often he was wrestling. Sure. It was bananas. How many, how many matches he was having every year. Um, I'm actually going to find this for you because it's so in, I'm going to just go to go year by year of his career. How many matches he had 2004, 32, 2005, 60, 2006, 88, 2007, 61. This is all like the indies. Yeah. So you kind of 2009, there's a bump. He gets up to 104. 69 in 2012. Then, okay, 2013, 218. Wow. 2014, 168. 2015, 218 again. 2016, 204. 2017, 166. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so I mean, much wrestling. It's so much what, wrestling. What's, what's like normal? What's like a, a more normal number? Much lower, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're on the independents, you wrestle less than if you do if you're in WWE because the WWE schedule is you are wrestling five days a week. Okay. Wow. Damn. I mean, Sounds tiring. No, you're not wrestling five days a week. You're working five days a week. Okay. Which means you're traveling, but you're wrestling at least, I think, three shows a week. Holy shit. Three to four shows a week. Yeah. Okay. So you're wrestling a lot. Yeah. And that's if you're, you know, if you're a main, if you're somebody who gets used a lot. Okay. uh, And you're not injured. 
So as Dean Ambrose, John Moxley's this like big deal character. He's wrestling a ton. He has no control over his character. He has no control over, you know, his gimmick, his, the words he says. He did actually, there's a great interview he gave on the Chris Jericho podcast about just like how miserable he was there. Oh, wow. Um, it's yeah. a, a really a good listen if you want to get a sense for what it's like there to be a top person um, who's creative and smart and how frustrating that is. Yeah. Um, that really So he sucks. had left, he had left and made a surprise return to, uh, to wrestling at uh, the first AEW pay-per-view. Oh, okay. Um, and we've seen a yeah, few of those. Yeah, he showed up at the end. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, where he showed up at the end. He's now the AEW champion. Oh, um, shit. Okay. So he did that. Then he had a surprise. He surprise showed up in New Japan where he'd never wrestled before. Um, he, I don't think he'd, he'd really wrestled much in Japan at all. And he shows up. He's immediately dominant. He wins a title his first match in New Japan. Oh, wow. Yeah. Second match, he beats up this trainee. <laughs> it is like, you got you got Moxie, kid. You got guts. Uh, You're my new protege. <laughs> You're my you new little Moxie, buddy. Moxley, Moxie, kid. I like it. Yeah. 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 So um, he does that. And then he, go, he enters this round robin tournament, the G1, which is a... The first, actually, our first episode, we watched the G1 match. It's a pretty grueling tour because it's the summer. It's hot. Yeah. Summer in Japan is incredibly Very humid. Hot. Yeah. Um, th- there's not a lot of air conditioning. And you're wrestling almost every night for like a month. Wow. You, there's like, you do get days off, but it's, yeah. With, so, and the expectations for match quality are very high. Yeah. Yeah. John Moxley was never known as being like a great wrestler. Okay. He was known as being really charismatic and funny and a good performer. He shows up in New Japan and, and is putting on these very good matches. He is showing, he shows like in-ring ability that people haven't seen from him in re- like either in a really long time or if at all. He's in incredible shape. He's in- inspired and excited. His promos backstage are fantastic. The, the thing with him and this kid who he is dubbed Shooter um, <laughs> yeah. is adorable and heartwarming. And he is on this unstoppable winning streak. Nice. That is how that is where he is at going into this match against Toru Yano, who is kind of the like beloved trickster of New <laughs> Japan. Yeah. So he's uh, he's pretty much a good guy because you just can't not love him. Yeah. Um he always has a million side hustles going. So he <laughs> produces and sells these kind of variety show DVDs <laughs> of the faction he's in where they like, you know, go into a classroom and dress up in school uniforms and do competitions and there's one where they go to the Hello Kitty museum and it's just, you know, heart, it's like that good, wholesome variety show content that you like to see celebrities do. <laughs> yeah. So he puts and he, you know, he brings the DVD to the ring and it's like part of his gimmick and he's always trying to hawk them. Uh, at this point, he'd also become the tourism spokesperson for one of the cities in Hokkaido. <laughs> 
So he has a which little is the sa- northern that's why he has a sash. Island, which is like the northern island that's like a little more rural, if I remember correctly. I believe so, yeah. Okay, okay, gotcha. Uh, I, I thought that he was hawking curry as well at this point, but he wasn't. <laughs> he started hawking curry a little bit afterwards. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can buy curry with him on it, and he's like wearing a chef outfit. I love it's, this. Yeah. It's this such so a good gimmick. He loves to cheat. Um, <laughs> and he's like, he comes into play a lot in the G1 because it's a points based round robin tournament. So any loss is a big deal. So he's not going to win the G1, but he can ruin other people's chances of winning. <laughs> and again, since it's a round robin tournament, you're seeing all these people wrestle all these different kinds of matches. So seeing a, you know, a funny, trickstery comedy match is like such a treat. Yeah. And it's refreshing and it's going to be different than anything else on the on the card pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Um so the night before I guess the last piece of like backstory here is the night before John Moxley had tried to buy a DVD from Yano oh. and Yano took the money and the DVD and left. So Moxley's pissed. Oh my God. He just wanted his DVD. <laughs> and they're like, it was like 50 bucks or something. Oh my God. Okay. Now it makes okay. sense why he was very overwhelmed looking at the, at the DVD in the match. I, I get it now. Okay, good. Good, good, good. So, uh, spoiler alert, Moxley loses his first match after leaving WWE, his first singles match against Toru Yano by count out because he gets, he and on the outside, he and Shooter both get hit in the balls and taped together and uh, the count of 20 hits and he loses. What did you think of this? I thought it was really, really fun. I giggled a lot. Like there was... There's just a lot of good giggling uh, on my end, on my part here. There was also, like, I just really like slapstick. I don't know if it's because I was, like, an improv nerd. Yeah, I was. We all know this about me. This is why I know Brian Myers, a.k.a. Kurt Hawkins. Yes, Kurt Hawkins. Um, Like, I just love a good, well-timed, goofy, big action that's meant to be funny. And like is set up in a good way. I like Buster Keaton films. I like I just like slapstick. I think slapstick is very funny. I think it's like an underrated form of comedy that we don't have enough of in our lives right now. And like there was just a lot of good stuff. The DVD was maybe my favorite part until the taping of the legs. <laughs> that was awesome. And just though uh uh he had like multiple rolls of tape in his shorts just like it was like a clown car in there like he just had like (laughs) tape and then he had tape later like it was just like a really really good gimmick i it's it's just like a really funny thing of like oh this dude who has all these side hustles and also has stuff like in his pants like on him at all times like oh no oh no uh, the the whole thing about like oh no I'm sorry I'm sorry I didn't mean that and then of course like going and doing something dirty was like very cute it had like a very like cute cartoon energy to it I think but yeah I, I really loved the the like specific uh, spots like I the DVD thing was really funny to me especially because it's like a DVD and it was in 2019 right? it's like yeah. you can just tell it's like a shitty bad bootleg of something. <laughs> That, like, you know, somebody was hawking next to a bunch of fake watches and was just like, no, this is the real shit, man. Like, it was just like, 
Uh, there's like a very funny like 1989 displaced into 2019 uh, vibe with like totally. a DVD. So yeah, I, I really I really enjoyed it. I uh, I also I don't know. I I could almost tell that Moxley was having a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Which which also uh, jibes with like what you're saying about like he was pretty miserable in his previous job and here now he's like relaxed and enjoying himself and in shape and having fun and like all these things like seem to be working for him. He looks like he's having a really good time playing a disgruntled, you know, disgruntled wrestler man who just wanted a fair yeah. fight and he just wanted his goddamn DVD, you know, like, and, like oops, that didn't happen for him. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. I'm so glad you enjoyed this. And I'm, I mean, I love slapstick. I was yeah. raised on, you know, like old movies yep. and like the Marx Brothers and shit. Perfect. So I respond very well to like good comedy wrestling. Because like, yeah, there's, there is bad comedy wrestling and it's not, you know, or there's comedy wrestling that's out of place and there's comedy wrestling that is trying too hard or thinking it's meta. But like a, just a, a solid Good comedy wrestling match with classic slapstick, good timing, crowd work. Um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> the crowd work in this is exceptional. Um, Yano, I've seen Yano a couple times in person, and he unfortunately was not able to go to the supermarket event he did. Oh my god! In was it Queens? Uh, oh my god! He did some. He did some event at a Japanese supermarket in Queens. Um, maybe it wasn't Queens. I don't know. It was. You know, in, in one of the the in one of the boroughs, I don't know. In one of our fine well. boroughs. In one of the <laughs> fine boroughs, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, where he like sold, I think, the curry. Oh, no, it wasn't the curry oh. yet. It was maybe the there they have a uh, sponge sponsor. A kitchen oh my god! Sponsor. Oh my god! That's <laughs> even better than the curry. <laughs> like I could just see him like. I don't know, like wiping things, including people's faces with a sponge yeah. and being like, look, it's great. <laughs> like, He's Or I've delightful. got this tape here in my pants. Like I could just see him like he just has such a like wacky salesman energy. That's oh, yeah, it was He's really fantastic. It was really delightful. <laughs> he was also a college like a championship college amateur wrestler. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> okay. I, like he I, has I a very legit background. Um, yeah, he's. But, like, the way he does crowd work, I understand why the crowd is responding to him so much. Because yeah. you he comes out and you just get excited. Like, I would get so excited when he would come out, when I would go to the New Japan shows and he was there. Yeah. Like, it's... It, there's something about him where you feel like you're in on the trick. Yeah. So it's really fun to cheer for him and to, like, see him, like, screw over other people, <laughs> especially <laughs> if they're these, like, really serious badasses. Yeah. Um, which John Moxley had these, his matches so far had been these crazy, you know, not bru- not as brutal as, like, a lot of the things you've seen as, like, an actual MMA viewer. Sure. And some of the things we've watched with, you know, blood and... Blading. Guts and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, like... B- serious brawling, table jumping, biting, uh, tough guy stuff. Um, so seeing him do this thing where he like is uh, you're, is like so obviously having the time of his life, pretending to be mad when he turns <laughs> to the camera and says, "No funny business." Yeah, that was so good. That was so. It's so charming. He's like playing like a slightly disgruntled dad, almost like yeah. playing with like 
a kid who's getting away from him, like, no, son, we've had enough of this, you know? And, like, it's, I'm not saying that, like, you know, Yano's a, a child of any kind, but, like, that kind of energy of, like, tired dad, like, <laughs> Yeah, but it's, like, trying to wrangle this, this, yeah. this agent of chaos. Yeah, exactly. This, this, this very literal figure. agent of the faction chaos, but also the faction he's in is called chaos. Oh, perfect. Um, <laughs> they're called, so all his DVDs are called uh, Chaos VTR. Oh Emily. my god. Uh, um <laughs> but also like chaos the the thing in that exists in the universe. Yes. Um But it's Yana's like use of crowd work as a weapon against Moxley. It's I love really like good. when he gets the crowd to chant like shake hands, shake hands, break, break, break. Yeah. Like it's uh, it's I don't know, it's it's magic to me. I stayed up until like 4:30 in the morning to watch this live. Oh wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I think that's awesome. I, yeah. It is so, it is one of the like great joys of the G1 is to just destroy your sleep schedule. <laughs> and uh, at the time I was in a great discord. Uh, it was part of a podcast that I used to work on that I've mentioned a few times called Russell Splania. Great yes. discord, great yeah. podcast, uh, fantastic group of people. And uh you just you stay like staying up really really late with a bunch of people who are all super into the same thing as you online watching this thing together it's like it is weirdly like one of my favorite ways to watch wrestling <laughs> no, i think that's wonderful like there's a i don't know when something is hard right you got to put a little extra oomph into it right and yeah. that does create that little bit of like, hey, you know, this is I'm doing it for the love, you know. I'm not just yeah. doing this like for shits and giggles. Like, I'm doing this for the love right here. And there's something like, I don't know, kind of special about that. There's there's something like totally. Oh, it's also the late night delirium. Yeah, that, that helps. adds a lot. That helps to like a, like a comedy <laughs> match like this. Um, yeah, yeah. I just like, I think this was really smart the way they did this. I don't know if you listen, like if you heard on the commentary. They were saying if Moxley had won that match, he would have kicked a bunch. He would have his points would be so high. A bunch of other people in the tournament would have been eliminated. Oh, wow! Um, so he needed to like he did need to take a loss. But okay. the fact that they chose that they chose to do it here and that he agreed to do it in this funny way that makes him look kind of foolish um, is really endearing to me. And like just shows like that this actual man, Jonathan Good, doesn't take himself too seriously. Yeah, um, it. Since it's not a clean win on Yano's part, Moxley still looks really strong. Yeah. He just looks like he was, you know, like who who could have over who could have overcome a force as powerful as Yano? <laughs> I certainly couldn't. I couldn't outsmart him. Yeah. yeah. Um the way he like continues to act out the like horror of losing and getting back <laughs> in the ring, like because that's where he's trying to go, right? When yeah. you're and he didn't make it, but then he crawls back in when it's way, way too late and just like just the looking at the sky and almost screaming like, why? It's thing. And everybody in the crowd just like cheering for him, even though they'd been cheering against him the whole time and like showing their appreciation for like what a great job he's he'd been doing. Yeah. I just like I I I think it's a really, really good example, not just of comedy wrestling, but like of how effective a comedy wrestling match can be to long-term storytelling and like long-term character work yeah and forging a bond between an audience and a performer because if you like you saw how much fun he was having yeah 
they saw how much fun he was having. Like, if you look at the faces of the audience, they're having a fucking blast. Yeah. They know what's going on. They are they are smart to this like the you know the long story the the long game and the story and Yano's history and like the fact that Moxley was able to like do such a good job with him like I don't know I feel like that had to have endeared him a lot to the, these fans who didn't know him really yeah I I completely agree sorry it, I'm getting very rambly here no, but I I think it's perfect like there, there's a lot of good context there that that's helping me appreciate this match even more and it's just like oh god I just love when there's that interplay and that people mm-hmm. are showing their appreciation and that he's showing in 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 how seriously he's taking it and how how much he's kind of going for it he's showing his appreciation too exactly right? like, yeah for what's going on here and and what that interplay is I think it's fucking rad I think it's really really cool um, God, this was just like a very this... feel good match, I think. Yeah. Like totally. very, very feel good. Like I know it's certainly comedy and like a very light and gentle kind of comedy, really right? like a very universal type of comedy, but it also just felt very positive. <laughs> like sometimes trickster stuff can feel like mean or, or spiteful or something. And this is just mm-hmm. like, no, you know, <laughs> you know, this is a goof and it's a fun goof. And everybody yeah. can kind of just enjoy it, and it has a very light touch to it. So, yeah, it yeah. read really well, even for me, who hasn't seen a lot of comedy wrestling, certainly. Like, it read super, super well. I'm so glad yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I, I think it's one of the best. It was one of my favorite matches of last year, period. Oh, um, awesome. I, yeah, it did so much for, it added so much to, like, the Moxley resurgence narrative um and yeah again like just watching him have that much fun (laughs) watching um i just i guess part of one of the reasons i love i love comedy one of the reasons i love professional wrestling period is because it combines all of these different kinds of performance yeah um so you do have improv you do have crowd work you do have you know Something, this, the actual wrestling itself, which is, you know, a combination of like a million different physical art forms while also being its own thing. Um, It's, you know, you've you've acting, you've all of it, and it's all in this one place. And so seeing people and comedy and comic timing shows up is is actually really important in all kinds of non-comedic wrestling matches, just because timing is important in any live performance. So seeing people get to, like, actually flex their comedic abilities is just, like, always really fun and exciting for me. cool as hell. Yeah. Yeah. It's just cool as hell. Yeah. And Moxley's, like, a pretty – like, he's a very clearly a funny, smart person. Um, There are a lot of, like, very good videos of him doing weird, funny shit. One of my favorites is uh, him doing – him, he just him in a parking garage doing lines from Point Break. <laughs> oh as my god! Dusty Rhodes and Terry Funk. <laughs> so like, that's really good. It's a really really good video. I will I will post it um, or retweet it if you haven't seen it. It's fantastic. I will send it to you. Oh, um, wonderful. So yeah, I just um, <laughs> and if you liked Yano, there is so much more Yano content out there he's actually been doing so new japan aren't have not resumed shows uh their thing is they are waiting as long as 
really like until it's like really, really been deemed safe to sure. start wrestling again. Yeah. Um, one of their like top guys d- gave an interview and said like he wants pro wrestling to actually be the last thing to come back. Mm-hmm. Well, Which I maybe sense. mentioned before. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so what they've been doing instead have been a lot of these like Zoom things. Uh, they did before, like very, very early on, Yano did a like one of his DVD style things, but it was a live stream of <laughs> him and some of the other members of his faction in a classroom where he was like their teacher and like making them do all these like stupid things. <laughs> Good. But it's just like, it's, you know, so they had, he had them do like calligraphy. Yeah. He had them do like thumb wrestling as PE class. And <laughs> Good. Yeah. It's just, yeah, he's, he's a very savvy performer. I think he has a bar also. Oh, he should. So, like, yeah. I just feel I like, like he like, should have a bar, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I think your, your point about like, the yeah, DVDs that's, that's is so perfect. right. Because, like, I've, I've known those dads, those side hustle dads. Yeah. Because the side hustle dad is the source of all bootleg tapes. Right. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, all the good stuff. That's where tapes come from. It's side yeah. hustle dad. Yeah. Side yeah, hustle yeah. dads. <laughs> like, tapes... Middle of the day, uh, middle of the school day, McDonald's. Yep. And uh, trips to Six Flags. Oh, yeah. Those all come from Side Hustle Dads. Side Hustle Dads. You got to love them. You and know? playing in the pool all day. Yeah. Thank you, Side Hustle Dads, for your service Thank you for your to service. the children of the world. Side Hustle Dads. Much love, much respect. <laughs> <laughs> so in our MMA section, yeah. I feel like. Big parallels here between uh, Toriano and another very dominant performer. Uh, yeah, you might say. Chris Ivor. You might say. You absolutely might say. So I. Uh, no, it's very good contrast. There are, though. I, oh, good. I, I hope you liked it. I, I guess I should. Uh, uh, I guess I'll do the quick, uh, the very quick recap of also of how I got here. Uh, okay. for, for this one. So I have multiple favorite fighters. We've met Roxanne Modafferi. Last week we met Angela Hill, which, by the way, just to give you an update, she, oh, last week she did fight. She lost, but it was really close, and I absolutely thought she won, and a lot of people yeah, did. Yeah, I saw there was a bunch of, like, controversy about yeah. that, that the it was, like, a decision. Gave, yeah. Get, they gave it to Gedalia, and Gedalia was, like, if you look at their faces, Angela has, like, not a scratch, and Gedalia's face is all mushed up so it's like ah, <laughs> judges <What's the> <laughs> uh, but anyway sorry that was a, a, a just a quick recap of, of what had happened and uh we have met oh boy we've met uh just a few a few of my favorite uh performers my favorites uh, not performers athletes sorry now i'm in like pro wrestling brain um i guess they're performers it's a performance so in meeting uh, we've met Misha Tate. We've met Holly Holm. Okay. I wanted to introduce you to Cyborg. Again, another of my favorite fighters. And Amanda Nunez, also, who we haven't seen yet, uh, one of my all-time favorites as well. So, like, I like a lot of these just, like, unbelievably uh, incredible, incredible, incredible talented athletes who have kind of come a long way, uh, each of them. Chris Cyborg maybe had the least far to go, but she also has faced some really intense things in her life. Uh, it's really nasty, gnarly shit. 
And she emerged, uh, you know, sort of relatively early on in kind of women's MMA being popular. Uh, I believe she retired Gina Carano, if you're, if you're familiar with Gina, uh, kind of an early MMA, uh, women's MMA pioneer. And uh, Chris has, I think, two losses on her entire record and many, 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 many wins, most of which are by knockout. And you can see here what she does. This is a 2018 fight. Uh, it is Chris Cyborg versus uh, Yana Kunitskaya who had been an Invicta 135-pound uh, champion. This is a 145-pound fight. This is a featherweight fight. And <laughs> this happened a lot. Uh, Chris Cyborg uh, was kind of the, the reigning queen of 145 for a while. And she kind of came to the UFC. She had a catchweight fight at 140 that was a horrific, horrific weight cut for her. She already cuts way too much, as it is, just to get to 145. So 140 was rough. Uh, and they, they kind of almost made the division for her in a way, even though mm-hmm. UFC president Dana White is a tremendous asshole, made fun of her in a really horrific way kind of early on. It really sucked. He's, he, he sucks. Sorry, but he, he sucks. And uh, basically, she was like the queen of this division. It was kind of the shallowest division. There aren't that many women in the division. There just aren't that many uh, fighters there. So they would bring somebody in for her to beat up. She would beat them up quickly. And then uh, that would that would kind of be the fight. Uh, and this happened, again, for a couple of years uh, until some, some things changed and there were some more recent changes. Uh, but this is kind of a prime example of this happening. And there's no disrespect here to Yana Kunitskaya. She is a good fighter. Uh, she makes a lot of good grappling attempts here. And she even does yeah. some good work on the ground. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, it, it kind of ends in the fashion that most of these fights end in, which is a knockout uh, for Chris Cyborg. She's just so ferocious, so strong. Like, she's a truly, 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 like, buff and strong woman who can just get in there and throw hands. Like, just throw uh, in in ways that not as many people uh, can kind of do. So, yeah, that's kind of the setup. Uh, it's it's a pretty quick fight. This is only about a four-minute long fight, I think, somewhere in, in that range. Uh, I wanted to know what you what you thought about it and what you thought of your your sort of brief introduction to Chris Cyborg. Well, Chris Cyborg is like super famous, right? Oh yeah. So I would been I've been aware of her okay. as a person sure. for a while. I haven't, but I hadn't seen any of her stuff mm. um, outside of, I guess, like a GIF here and there. But again, like her fights are very fast. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> like of I'm them. looking yes. at her record, and like these are like yeah, yeah. Uh, does she ever had a fight? Okay, no, she has had yeah. she has had fights that things go have over changed in the round. last uh, year and a half or so, but yeah. still, still I'm, an incredible. I'm fighter. seeing a lot of yeah. one round fights, though. Oh, a lot, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, woof, yeah. So, I mean, I'd known about her. She's been around, like you said, for a long time. Yes. So, again, like, and also, like, you can't really don't really forget a name like Chris Cyborg. Yeah. <laughs> I like guess that's her, that her, her name. Uh, Christiane Justino, uh, and I think she actually used to go by her married name, which was Christiane Santos, but uh, it, also Christiane Gian- Justino Venazio. Uh, sorry, I said that very Italian. She's Brazilian. That's not, uh, I apologize. My Portuguese is not good. It's not useful. Uh, but yeah, that's, she goes by Chris Cyborg uh, in a lot of her fights. Right. So... Again, aware of her. She's been around. And, like, there's this, I don't know, like, reputation, I guess, of just, sure. like, badassery around her. Yeah. 
So I had like pretty high expectations and like she met them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. like, it's just like this incredible calm for most of it. She's like real, real veteran vibes. Yeah. Like really spe- seeming just like, like both smart and unafraid. Um, the grappling stuff like Kudaskaya really did like I really did enjoy seeing her try to get in, get in there with the grappling and yeah. like the two of them their exchanges there were really good but then yeah Chris Cyborg with the strikes at the end like terrifying <laughs> yeah it, it, genuinely very lot. scary <laughs> it's a hell of a lot um yeah it's it's very much and so also to to note uh there was no 145 pound division in the UFC until Cyborg came over from Invicta, where also uh, Yana came from Invicta. So again, right. it almost that, that sort of narrative of Invicta being almost like a triple A league or like a feeder league in a lot of ways uh, for women going to the UFC. But that's not to dismiss Invicta. I think Invicta is fucking right. awesome. And I actually think the caliber of athlete there is not so far off as the way people kind of talk about it sometimes. Uh, I think it's, you know, Angela Hill herself has said the girls are just as tough there. They're just as tough. This is just a bigger platform in a lot of ways. So, yeah. I yeah. mean, that they that's how it is in pro wrestling a lot of the time, too. Sure. Well, at least sure, it was sure. before WWE started signing. Yeah, everybody, every from, single person. Like a certain <laughs> but I mean, they're cutting them all again, so yeah. you know, maybe we'll have a better indie scene now. But yeah, I was like really impressed by. I guess there's there was a yeah, just like this like very cool confidence and like very level headedness. Yes, like very level headed badassery. Absolutely, I guess that I was really impressed by. And like, yeah, it makes sense that this person is has had two losses ever. Yep. And one of them was her first fight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, to, to give you, I guess, a bit of a spoiler, Amanda Nunes went up to 145 at the very end of 2018, like almost New Year's. OK, I'm seeing December 29th, like the very end of 2018 uh, and shocked the fucking world uh, yeah. by knocking out Cyborg in the first round. Uh, of the fight. Nobody that expected happening. that. Nobody expected that. That was fucking wild. I even, I remember watching that fight live and being like, no, don't do this with Cyborg. <laughs> like, Don't do that with Cyborg. And then she knocked Cyborg out, uh, which is <laughs> truly wild. And that's how Amanda Nunes became a two weight champion. She's the current featherweight right. and bantamweight uh, champion. Unbelievably dominant athlete. Kind of Going into that, Cyborg was thought of as the most dominant woman in all of combat sports uh, or or MMA. I mean, we can't really compare apples and oranges too much. Like, you know, whatever. Um, And now that's definitely Amanda Nunes. However, it's not like Cyborg, like, started to suck or something. She won by unanimous decision in her her next fight with uh, Felicia Spencer. Also, no, uh, you know, no joke. Uh, She's fought Holly Holm. Uh, You know, even if she doesn't get that first round knockout, she tends to be incredibly dominant. And I believe she is now in Bellator. Yes, yeah. she signed in Bellator and she fought Julia Budd. Uh, and yeah. Uh, or wait, did she fight? Yes, 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 yes. She got the knockout in round four against Julia Budd, uh, who I believe is normally a lightweight. Uh, so she Julia Budd is normally 155. So it was almost like Cyborg going up uh, uh, in a cool way. So 
Yeah, she's she's awesome. She also has like a very uh, cool vibe. She does a lot of home fitness videos right now with her daughter, her adopted daughter, oh, yeah? uh, where her daughter is like, these are fucking hilarious. I'll be, I might send you one. They're great workouts and I've done them, especially early on in the quarantine. I was doing a lot of these. I was like going in, you know, daily to YouTube and being like, what's Cyborg's workout today? You know, because they're all like body weight routines that you can just do, you know, in your in your uh, wherever, <laughs> in your home, I guess, wherever in your home or in a park or whatever. Uh, and she she's going hard. And she is like both kind of doing it in in uh, Portuguese and English. Like it's all in English, but like she'll say things in Portuguese where it's like she's like this really great like mom coach kind of uh, atmosphere that she has this really great vibe. And her daughter is like doing the workout with her in like a Chris Cyborg T-shirt. And she's like over it half the time. She's like a 14 year old or something. <laughs> oh, she's yeah. Like, over it so half the time. And then she's age. like, like and subscribe, guys, like and subscribe. And she's like doing the push ups. <laughs> it's just honestly adorable and I, I also just wanted to say she's done like a fair amount of grappling and uh i believe she's a medalist in several adccs yeah she got gold as a purple belt in ibjjf which is fucking amazing uh. two years in a row it looks like uh so yeah really really awesome grappler as well and has done a lot of like good charity work uh which is really kind of beautiful i don't want to say too much negative stuff because she has overcome some just awful bullying like in her workplace like fucking dana white making fun of her in a really atrocious way and i don't want to get too far into it he sucks and he was wrong uh joe rogan made fun of her on a podcast he did he actually apologized and whatever you feel about joe rogan i think he he sucks sometimes too uh but at least he actually apologized and kind of took it back and then gave a lot of respect to her kind of from then on, which is like <laughs> better than her boss making fun of her and yeah. then never really saying shit about it. Like, fuck that guy. Uh, but yeah, I just really, really seems like an awesome person. I don't, I obviously don't know her personally, but seems like an awesome person and a fucking just dominant, dominant athlete. So fun uh, introduction. Uh, yeah. for you. Sorry, I, I was like, I want to know what Dana White said, but I will look it up later. Um, it sucks. It sucks a yeah, lot. Yeah, I'm sure it does. Content uh, warning. It sucks. It's yeah. bad. So I mean, I... Yeah. I, I will look it up later. Yeah. And I actually have some questions about weight stuff. Yeah, of course. So, how does that work? Yeah. Like, weight cutting. Like, how, like that seems... Potent, that seems... Like, how much weight do people cut yeah. from their like general i guess like how do you determine like what is a safe weight for you you want to people generally want to be as like low and like is yeah like they want to be in like the top like the top most of the lowest weight class they can absolutely you want to be okay. the, the general wisdom is you want to be the biggest strongest person you possibly can the day of the fight so okay. if that means and this is I actually, this, I think, is the worst part of MMA. Like, besides the, like, on, on the level, like, you know, obvious problems with people get traumatic injuries, and that's very bad. Uh, you know, that, like, very surface level thing, and also that fighters aren't paid well enough, and that the UFC sucks as an organization, et cetera, et cetera. Those are kind of my, you know, the top-level problems. I think this sucks so much ass, it's not even funny. Uh, because not only is weight cutting often very dangerous, if you're not doing yeah. it under the hands of like a very seasoned professional who knows what they're doing, like medical professionals who know what they're doing, you can die 
You can absolutely die from it. Um, and you can also like really just severely, severely hamper your own health because what people do is they dehydrate. Uh, they will cut water, which means dehydrating to the point where their kidneys might shut down or Fuck. all sorts of awful things can happen. Don't you get dizzy? Yeah, they faint all the time, all the time, all the time cutting. Yeah, it's awful. It's like really grisly shit. And there's a documentary with Chris Cyborg specifically that shows how dangerous it was for her to cut to 140. Um, she probably walks around 170. Like, she's a very, very muscular woman. Uh, and it's lean muscle. There is there is nothing else on that frame but lean muscle, which weighs more than adipose tissue. So, and she's 5'8". You know, she's not tiny. Um, so, uh, and she's not, like, super tall by any means, but she's she's not, like small right so she has you have a skeleton and you've got a lot of muscle on it and even yeah. when you're cutting every ounce of water there's still a skeleton and muscle on it <laughs> like you still have organs that need to yeah. function uh Fuck. yeah really dangerous really upsetting to watch i get upset watching this stuff i get very upset because i'm like first of all this is upsetting on a human level of, of a person who's like suffering she's she she is a tough tough woman and she is just sobbing her eyes out for a lot of this she is just crying and crying and crying because she's in so much pain she's so miserable like it sucks so much ass uh and again like this woman gets punched in the face and she's fine but weight cutting makes her cry like good god and and like so on a human level i hate it and then there's on the secondary level of do you know what's really fucking bad for athletic performance? Being dangerously dehydrated. <laughs> like, yeah. We're never getting these athletes at their actual peak. And also, and I, and I think I said this on Sports Metal this week, they're also going in injured. Like, make no bones about it. To be at a level that you need to be, you need to be training so hard. You need to be sparring so much that you're probably at least a little bit fucked up. You are probably... At the very least, have some strains, have something wrong. I, I told the story about, like, Michael Bisping, who had gone into a fight where he he had injured his ribs so badly. He was in agony, like, walking around. And he was prepared to, like, shoot up lidocaine into his own ribs just to go into the fight. And the doctor was like, listen, buddy, if you miss, you could puncture a lung. And it's, like, Jesus. it's wild. And these are not, like, backroom fights, right? These are for, right. like, professional sanctioned events that have full medical staff, full refs, they have cutmen, they have everything, you know, you know, medical doctors watching every second of it. So this is not like again, like back alley shit. This is like just just what it is in this uh profession. But I I just I truly hate what weight cutting. I I wish there was something else. I wish there was some other criteria for size uh, that was fair, that made sense. Yeah. Um but yeah, I it Sorry to be on a fucking soapbox right now, but it really no, pisses me off. No, I asked about it. Like, it, yeah, oh, like, yes, it seems sorry. not good. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad in every way. And, like, my good friends and, like, Jaime, who we had on the podcast, you know, uh, he had to do it a little bit. Now, he wasn't cutting 30 pounds, probably. I, I, like, Jaime, when he competes in jiu-jitsu, we all have to weigh in. I have to weigh in. Uh, you know, I have to um, be at a certain com competition weight, for sure. Um, I personally don't and have never have actually cut like i have like a really specific diet and training regimen that i follow to be at a certain size kind of at all times so that i never have to do this but it's certainly possible someday that like oh 
some circumstance will happen where I'm like, no, I really need to be a little bit smaller for this one. That I might have to do some of this shit. And that scares me as a 36-year-old <laughs> a yeah, lot. <laughs> that's not good because it's not good for your body to do that. It's not. Like, it's I, really not. As a non-athlete who with a lot of, like, you know, general experience with, like, yeah. body stuff and having one. Yeah. And, like, I mean, if this is a not a visual medium, so you may not know. I'm, like, a very large person. Sure, Um. Sure. And, like, my, so is my dad. Like, so yeah. are many members of my family. And, like, watching my dad do, like, crazy dieting stuff. Yeah. Um, where he would lose, like, a, a tremendous amount of weight, like, really quickly. And then gain it back. And then yeah. lose it. Like, and wa- like, watching what that has done to his heart health. Oh, God. Yeah. It's very bad. It's, it's really bad. It's awful. It's so awful. Weight, like, whether it's, yeah, whether you are, like, it doesn't matter if you are, like, a person... Like what kind of weight you're cutting? If you're cutting a big percentage quickly, yeah, it's bad. It's not good. Bad. And you're gaining and get, and going like th- that. Those kind of fluctuations are are a huge shock to your system. Yeah, and like do actually a lot of damage to your cardiovascular health. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's I mean, like I'm and then getting a the little better the next if you're, day. Like f- yeah. what the fuck? I I just yeah it it, it genuinely boggles my mind, and, and it's especially stupid. When it gets to the, so this is a thing that happens a lot. Two people cut weight, make themselves absolutely miserable, and then they show up the same the next day, exactly the same size. Like say, oh, two hundred two one hundred forty five pound guys, you know, and they show up at one one sixty. The next day, they're both one sixty. That happens all the time, and it's just like, why not just fucking? I don't know. I like I understand you do need size classes i actually don't necessarily know that it has to be weight but like whatever you, you obviously size is a, a massive factor in fighting it really is yeah. there's, there's no way around it like size does absolutely matter like small smaller people and bigger people bigger people do have certain major advantages uh in um in this type of sport so like yes there need to be classes based on size no question about it but i i truly wish there was some sane way of doing it now there have been some proposals actually believe it or not joe rogan who i called out for being a a, a jerk earlier uh actually has some really good ideas about this stuff by doing weight classes based on like an average weight like across mm-hmm. uh, a fighter's training camp because already if you're in a training camp you're doing so much cardio you're doing so much weightlifting, you're doing so much conditioning that like you you probably at like a very peak athletic performance during that that time and, and typically i think camps are about 12 weeks long before a fight so like that's that really intense training period getting ready for a specific fight uh most fighters are obviously always training they're always you know sparring and they're always you know doing conditioning and, and doing sort of general training but training camp is like really that time so they're already probably going to be even a little bit leaner than usual uh and so very close to like the performance they're going to be that night of the fight like do an average like okay you're 161.4 this day you're one you know 59.2 the next day whatever it is and like have yeah. like you know have it based on that where like it's sane healthy you know like high performance uh, you know, your body at high performance kind of weight, but like much more sane than cutting 20 pounds of water, like much more sane than that, you know? I mean, wouldn't everybody be like a lot nicer outside of <laughs> like, wouldn't you have less like incidents of throwing things and getting into outside the yeah. uh, like outside the cage fights yeah. if everyone's like hydrated and like nourished? 
I, I think so. And also, like, <laughs> a lot of times you watch weigh-ins and, like, these people are, are like, damaged. Like, they're genuinely damaged. Uh, and, and, like, more than more than not, instead of being, like, angry, it's like they're they're crying. Like, I've seen so many people, like, sob on those on those fucking scales. Like, that sounds like a fucking nightmare. It's like the tough and the, we're talking about like physically the toughest people on planet Earth, like <laughs> at least in our in our culture. Right. Like and, and from across the world. So I'm not saying like, oh, everybody, you know, is a Westerner who's in MMA because they're not. But like really tough fighters who get punched in the fucking face all day as their job who are crying their fucking eyes out because like it just takes that much out of you. Like it just takes the life out of you to be that dehydrated. It's we got to stop this, Danielle. I know. I'm sorry. I really went off on a fucking tangent. No, there, especially I mean, we gotta with stop cutting. It, it like is worthwhile because there there is a lot of footage of her suffering. Like, what are we? What do we suffering. do? How do we make this? How do we like make them not do this? So California this actually has some rules. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, believe it or not, like there are certain IV rules for IV rehydration. There are. I forget the exact percentage, so don't quote me on it, but I believe fighters are weighed in actually right before the actual fight. Uh, as well, as, there's the there's the official weigh-in, which is always the day before. It's like the morning before, and that's when you have mm-hmm. to make weight, and then you have about, you know, 30 hours, maybe a little longer than that, because the fight's usually the next night. So it's like Friday early morning to that, that night to rehydrate and at least be somewhat better shape. Uh, but like in California, it can't be a certain percentage off. Like there is a limit to the dehydration weight, yeah. which is meant to be for health reasons. I believe Aspen Lad, who is a UFC bantamweight, um, she ran afoul of that and got her ass kicked, uh, not too long ago, maybe about a year ago. She was, uh, I forget if she was actually over during the weight cut or not. Uh, I forget the whole story. Sorry, I, I don't want to like go too far into it, but like California actually takes the rule relatively seriously. Uh, the problem is that every state is not California. And like... Amen to that. I, I mean, yeah. I it, say that every day. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. I miss California a lot in a lot of ways, believe me. Um, <laughs> but also those are not... I don't think those steps are even enough, to be honest with you. No, like, definitely not. Like, I'm just I think being that's a, a very I'm, good I'm just having step. my little... Yeah. Like it's a very good step to moment. not have the percentage be too extreme, and it and it yeah. does uh, scale. Like so, yes, the smaller people can cut less because it's a higher percentage of your body weight. So I think it's based on a percentage of body weight, um, uh, which is good. That's that's how that should work. But like, I really wish there wasn't even like I just wish there wasn't cutting. I just wish there yeah. wasn't cutting. And like, why can't everyone just be healthy and have a nice time and punch each other? Yeah, right. Like, uh, if there was some measurement that was like. It couldn't be height, even though I've like totally jokingly said that in the past. Like, yeah, put all the five eights together, because then like it really isn't fair for somebody who's naturally very, very skinny to get with somebody well, who's like naturally bone density bulked up. Like, that's not fair. Somebody has fifty pounds of muscle on you either. So like, you know, what about bone density? Is that anything? Oh, what if it was bone density? Hey, maybe there's something there. Maybe there's something to bone density. Yeah. I don't know. I just uh, guessed. I, I kind of yeah, like bone that. density feels like something. I like that. That are like your average weight over like three months or something. And doing that during training camp, that should be relatively fair. Like, yeah. I, although, of and course, you, you have can't to be, be too dehydrated. 
That's the thing. You'd be scared that somebody would try to kind of goose that and be dehydrated for three months, in which case no, people they have will to, just you have die. To, like, yeah. I feel like if they're testing you for, I don't know, whatever they're testing you for, they should also just test your hydration levels. And if you're too de- and if you're dehydrated, like, you can't do it. Oh, my God. LB, I think you figured it out. And you can smoke weed. Of course. Yes to weed. No to dehydration. Yeah. Uh, bone dent, like bone density or average weight over a period of time. Something. And everybody has a nice time. Yeah. Feels good. Is yeah. healthy. Is drinking lots of water. Drink water. For real. Uh, drink water, y'all. Drink water. I'm so sorry. Wrestlers dehydrate too, but it's like yeah, only for vanity reasons. Oh, I see. For the for the <laughs> it's the only pop, for the vascularity, popping abs, that kind of thing. You know, <laughs> it's to get the good. Let's get that good like bodybuilding competition pump. I I see. Um, I see. Yeah. God, so yeah. like you'll see, like uh, last year's G one, for example, uh, when Co- like the eventual winner was Kota Ibushi, who we watched in the first episode. Um, yes. Yes. And like when he won. Uh, I I was looking at my old at my G one posts from from last year and like he was so dehydrated <laughs> because he wanted to look vascular yeah. and, and like he probably like not MMA dehydrated I'm sure like not crazy weight cutting dehydrated yeah but like dehydrated enough where I'm like thirsty like like oh please yeah have a little drink yeah. but like yeah there's a I just why can't we all just feel good have a nice yeah, time. right. We don't, I don't need to see, I also don't need to see all those poppin' veins. Yeah. There's no need. There's just no need. Like, you want to go in as strong and uh, feeling good as possible. Yeah. You're going to get Level-headed. Like. Not dizzy. This sucks, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Weight cutting sucks. You heard it here first. I think it's bad. I'm going to take a drink of water. Actually, that that should be our our closing sound. Yes, drinking water. It's like a nice drink of water. Yeah. A long, tall drink of water. I think that's a, Yeah. Unless you had anything else, I think that's actually where we should we should uh, hang our hats for this week. Yeah, just a big PSA, everybody, everybody listening to this. Drink you water. should also join us in hydrating. <laughs> join us in 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 an act of hydration. I'm gonna read our our outro, and then then we'll have a hydration moment. I think. Thank uh, you, Danielle. Uh, a I'm heated excited. hydration moment. <laughs> oh, oh no. everyone! <laughs> I love it. I I really do hope you enjoyed. Your combat sports entertainment journey with us, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And please do be sure to rate and review our podcast. It helps us so much. We really appreciate that. You can listen to all our stuff at fanbyte.com slash podcast. Follow us on Twitter at fanbyte media and at fanfight, F-A-N, excuse me, F-A-N-F-Y-T-E. Instagram at fanbyte. TikTok on fanbyte. Sorry, I'm like. Looking at it, and then I looked away, and then I, and then I need to look at it. I just need to look at it. All right. And, of course, on fanbyte.com. And you can watch our streams on twitch.tv slash fanbyte. And, of course, you can check out all our excellent wrestling coverage at fanbyte.com slash wrestling. And listen to Fanfight VCR right here on this feed. LB, where can people find you online? And is there anything you want to plug for this week? Uh, you can find me online on Twitter at hunktears. Uh, we've got some good articles this week on Fanfight, um, some more recaps of old stuff. I've got hopefully a very cool thing coming out today, the day this, uh, the, by a, a secret surprise writer on a secret oh. surprise topic oh. uh, that will either be today or like maybe Monday. I don't know. But keep an eye out for a piece I'm very excited about. And yeah, uh, VCR is a little late this week because I had some technical problems but hopefully that'll get up soon and that'll that's gonna be a really fun episode as well 
Hell yeah, I'm excited to hear that. I suppose to get ready to listen to it, I should take a long, uh, tall oh, wait, drink Danielle, of water. We have a new podcast. Oh my god, we do have if a new like podcast. you listening to me we and Danielle talk. talk. So over on the Fanbyte FM feed, which you can find, of course, on fanbyte.com slash podcast, or you can find that anywhere you get your podcast, Fanbyte FM, LB and I, along with Colin McGregor, guides writer here at Fanbyte, started a somewhat niche horror podcast where we watch the gnarly shit, that scary shit, that shit that makes things go bump in the night and you go, oh no, I'm scared. That's what we're into. And we've been watching it. And we started with Beelzebuff. Belzebuth? It's one of the two. Belzebuth, yeah. Belzebuth. Belzebuth. <laughs> That's what it's spelled like. It's not Beelzebuth, it's Belzebuth. Uh, a really cool and freaky uh, demonic possession movie, which was, I don't know, I really liked it. I had a lot of fun. I thought it. there were, I really, really liked things about it. Yeah. And liked yeah. it overall. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yes. Yeah. But uh, listen to the podcast, which is called We Love to Scream oh! It. I decided to do it like a spooky ooh instead of actually ooh. screaming for the for the sake of all of your ears. Yes. Because that's how considerate we are here, Aww. which is why you should listen to our new horror podcast. Absolutely. Please do listen to that. And you know what? Write and review that one too. We like yeah. it when people do that. It helps us. It helps Five us stars. with those algos. <laughs> Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Imagine star Toriano. Podcast. Imagine Toriano, like, lifting his arms, chanting, five stars, five stars. Like, exactly. do it for Yano. And he was like, look what I have right here in my pants. It's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got a podcast okay. in my pants. And I love it. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, shall we drink some water? Yeah, let's hydrate, everybody. All right. Uh, um, on three. Let's take a nice long. I'm going to drink water for real. I'm very thirsty. Me too. Actually, okay. me too. Cool. All right. Ready? Three, yeah. two, one. <sighs> Wonderful. Delicious. Delicious. Refreshing. <sighs> Hydration. <laughs> <laughs>